Episode 21, Something in the Water. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to a January 31st, 2007 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. In Part 1, Laura Van Orsdale, curator at the Kansas Museum of History, explores the origin of a medicinal water jug currently featured on the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. The jug belonged to a man who was a frequent patient at a sanitarium in north central Kansas. Laura and I attempt to figure out if the man was the victim of a bizarre water treatment or if he was simply a resort playboy who enjoyed a good bath. In part two, I'll take you into our museum's gallery to see what people think of our current quilt exhibit. Now, part one. talking to Laura Van Orsdale, uh, curator at the Kansas Museum of History. And Laura, we're going to talk about a uh, Wakanda Springs jug, which is a, you said it's like a five-gallon? Yeah, it's a five-gallon. It's a five-gallon, basically ceramic crock mm-hmm. right. um, with a, uh, a logo on the side of it that says uh, Wakanda Springs, right. Kansas. Right. So I'll ask my first question. Um, in the early 20th century, uh, this ceramic jug of water was used at Wakanda Springs Sanitarium uh, near Cocker City, Kansas. What is a sanitarium? Because when I think of sanitarium, I think of, uh, you know, not really a pleasant place. <laughs> well, it could be it uh, could be unpleasant depending on why you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, a sanitarium is basically just a place to go um, where if you're sick, you can go and get medical treatment or rehabilitation. It could be something as simple as just a place to get rest and relaxation. But, you know, a lot of times there's medical type treatments involved like uh, maybe diet programs, exercise programs, or as in the case of Wakanda Springs, maybe they're um, doing water treatments. So Okay. Uh, so it doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to get strapped down or <laughs> no, hooked up no, to No, not necessarily. Uh, why would a sanitarium, because this bottled water came from uh, a sanitarium, why would they be bottling water? Well, uh, actually, they were bottling water because they claimed this was medicinal water. Oh. Yeah, Wakanda Springs actually has a long history of having that um, idea that it has medicinal water. It was a salt water pool. And... Uh, the water from the springs was bottled since from about 1870. Um, and it actually did win a medal at the, uh, the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair for mineral water of superior medicinal quality. So, I love that. I would I like know. to see like how they judge that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the judges all tasted it. And then, you know, the one that felt the best, they had won that water one. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, it, it is interesting. Wakanda Springs is definitely not the only mineral spring to be selling, bottling their water and selling it. There were springs here in Kansas and all over the country. And um, The other thing I thought was interesting about Wakanda Springs is that they didn't, you know, they were selling, of course, their services as a health spa, but they, um, of course, were selling the water to patients. Mm-hmm. And then they also, uh, at least at one point, um, this jug was belonged to Perry Weston, who had been a patient there. And his family received a letter in about 1931 that they were also selling pecans. <laughs> uh, not just water, but pecans. And uh, it's right. kind of a, a funny little letter, you know, that start out talking about how um, these pecans are easy to shell and they're very healthy. They're a full replacement for milk. They're good at tissue building and they also assure um, they assure against constipation, which apparently was a big concern at the sanitarium. Of course. Well, <laughs> you know, everything has a medicinal That's application, right. I plus, guess. Plus, the pecans tasted great in cookies, candy, and, you know, salads, that kind nice. of thing. So. 
Um, like you said, this jug, this jug belonged to Perry Weston, who was of Nebraska originally, correct? Right, right. Um, how did he uh, he How did he acquire it? Did he purchase it while he was there? More, most likely, um, he attended. He, or he attended. It sounded like he was going to school. <laughs> he went to the, the Wakanda Springs Sanitarium several times from 1916 until about 1937, and he did take treatments. He did a lot of. Um, baths, that kind of thing. And so most likely he purchased this jug of water to bring home and continue his treatments to help um, him stay healthy. What did you say the range was? Like, what was the years that he was there? 1916 to 1937. And he wow. was there several times, so he continued to, to go back. In fact, he was only mm-hmm. 16, about 16 in his first visit. You read a lot of, because there was a lot, when we got this donation, there was a lot of documentation and a lot of correspondence. Mm-hmm. Did he ever say what his ailments were or how the doctors were treating his ailments? He did. In fact, um, he wrote quite a few letters. He would write home from the, the sanitarium to his family. Um, and he would often, he suffered from back and chest pains and his feet would swell. He talked a lot about swelling. And then also he really had a lot of trouble sleeping. And I don't know if that was because of his other symptoms or if that was, you know, one of the reasons why he had the symptoms. I'm not exactly sure how that worked out. But uh, while he was at the the Wakanda Springs Sanitarium, he did a lot of different treatments. Um, Of course, he did bath treatments, and he talks about, you know, warm baths and cold baths. And and one of his letters, I think in his first visit there, he talks about soaking in water that was 115 and a half degrees. Yikes. Yeah. And then, you know, in another letter he says, well, Today, they got the water really hot, and then they turned on the cold and froze me out. So, you know, they were trying. And this made him feel better. He's He claims that it did. Wow. <laughs> you said he often wrote home while he was staying at uh, Wakanda Springs, mm-hmm. and he talked about some of the uh, innovative 115 <laughs> degrees followed by ice bath remedies that he was receiving. Right. Um, and you've got some samples of uh, some of the correspondence mm-hmm. that he sent. Yeah. And uh, they cracked me up a little bit. Could you just read us <laughs> sure. some of the uh, wonderful things they were doing to him? <laughs> sure. Well, one of the first, uh, one of his first trips there is just a, he'd just been there a few days. Um, he wrote home, and he was often in his letters, he's thinking about what's going on at home. And so he writes uh, to his parents, you must have out quite a garden at this time. Just keep on setting out cabbage plants. The doctor said I ought to eat slaw by the peck to get more blood in. I love that. <laughs> More blood into me. <laughs> yeah, you wow. just don't hear that kind if of thing. If I hear my doctor say that, <laughs> I'm out of there. <laughs> Right. Well, another uh, remedy that he also, um, it was suggested to him to try was, uh, he mentioned in a letter to his wife in 1937, he eventually did grow up and get married, and he told his wife, they told me when I get home I must take a tablespoonful of whiskey every (laughs) night and every morning for at least eight months to build up my heart. Nice. That works out well. You write home, says the doctor told me I have to drink whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, twice a day. Well, I think, personally, I speculate that there is something a little fishy going on with Weston here. Um, So he has multiple long stays at Wakanda Springs, um, which you could basically argue is sort of a resort. And while he's there, what do they tell him? They tell him to, uh, they frequently bathe him. They encourage him to eat, be it coleslaw, and drink booze. Um, Any idea who was paying these bills for him while he was there? (laughs) Well, I believe his parents were, at least at the beginning. I'm sure he was probably paying the bill when he got out on his own. Um, He does, in one of his letters, he does mention, you know, something about, I think his parents had entrusted him with the money to pay for this, and he was, you know, 
he was reassuring them that he still had the money and he was taking care of it. It cost him about $30 a week to stay there, and that included No kidding. Yeah, That's not a bad chunk of money for that time period. Mm-mm. No, well, you know, he it was for about the room and the meals and the bath bathing treatments, um, and then also he got uh, mineral water thrown in there. So, you know, I'm sure not the water that he brought home in this jug. So um, I suppose you could make that argument that he's just hanging out, you know, relaxing. A lot of people did come to Wakanda Springs to do that. Um, But in this case, I think... Uh, for whatever reason, he really did think it was helping him. Mm -hmm. One, because he kept coming back, and two, um, because he would, you know, write in his letters that he was feeling better. Some of their claims were pretty outrageous that the resort was making, um, you know, we can cure anything, basically, kind of idea. But at the same time, I mean, he's going someplace where it's relaxing. He's not, you know, worrying about the stress of the farm or... I don't That's know. That's true. I mean, I guess they weren't really putting his health in jeopardy. I mean, if he's right. eating cold slaw, he's drinking, I guess, right. a couple, you know, he's measuring his whiskey <laughs> in tablespoons. <laughs> he's not so, drinking, you know, you know he's not, and it's time. bath. So he's not hurting himself. I guess <laughs> yeah. if he's willing to spend the money, why not? Yeah. Well, and from his letter, some of the treatments he was receiving, I don't know if I would want to keep doing that over and over to myself if it wasn't really doing something to That's me. true. So. Okay, Laura. Well, thanks for answering some questions about the Wakanda Springs jug. You bet. That concludes part one. Now, we enter the gallery to ask staff and visitors two probing questions about a selection of quilts currently on exhibit at the museum. First question, which quilt is your favorite? Second question, if the quilts were flavored, which one would you lick? Okay, state your name. Anne Hayslick. And uh, which is your favorite quilt in the quilt exhibit? My favorite quilt is the postage stamp quilt because it has so many beautiful colors in it. The little squares are so attractive either up close, just a few feet away, or when you look at it from across the room. And I love the... um, Sawtooth edge? The sawtooth edge. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Well, a little little known information, not on the label. The person who made this, I think they went insane afterwards. No. No, I don't know. I just made that up. Second question Mm -hmm. is, if the quilts were flavored... Which quilt would you lick, Anne? Um, it's the orange one over here. The Wild Goose Chase. This one? Because uh-huh. um, it looks like orange juice, and I love it. It looks like mustard. No, it does not. Juice. I'll go with that. <laughs> you would lick the uh, orange-flavored quilt. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. Thanks, Anne. You're welcome. Blair, which quilt in this exhibit is your favorite? Well, I think everybody is expecting me to say the crazy quilt, because I am rather partial to them. There's very Victorian and... As you've seen my, what my office usually looks like, it, it, it speaks to my finely honed sense of order. You have a crazy office. <laughs> That's besides the point. <laughs> okay. But I also would say that I'm all very close on the Brodery purse because of the Civil War stories that are behind it. And also, that's the first quilt that we ever got in the collections. That's a monumental quilt. It's a monumental quilt. You should bow down and honor it. <laughs> Um, no? Sorry. <laughs> um, looking at it makes me cough a little. Yes. Um, the one I would like to lick is the postage stamp one, because it looks like Jelly Bellies. Any other one that you would like to lick? No, because they look like they've been licked. Okay. My name is Mary Madden. And what's your job? 
I am Director of Education and Outreach for the Historical Society. And briefly, what is your favorite quilt in the quilt exhibit? It's the Broderie Purse Album Quilt because it's one of our oldest quilts and it's a style that you don't see today. If the quilts were flavored, which (laughs) quilt would you lick? Not that one because it's too old. No, it doesn't look very tasty, no, actually. It doesn't. Um, you know, licking is really bad for quilts. Well, I'm not suggesting that you should lick them because I mean, they won't taste like a. Fl- they're not flavored, unfortunately. No. Well, this one looks clean. I'll use this one. <laughs> That's a sanitary. Quilt that looks sanitary. Snack. Yeah. Um, we're looking at the. Uh, applique sampler. Oh, applique sampler, and that is the one you would lick. Why would you lick that one? Because it. It looks very clean. And it doesn't look like it's ever been used. And um, Exhibit technician. And which quilt is your favorite quilt? The fans quilt, the black silk one. Why do you like the black silk? Because it's shiny. If these quilts were flavored, which one would you like to lick? It's easier to say which ones I wouldn't want to lick. Which one would you not lick? Well, I wouldn't want to lick the postage stamp one because it looks like it would hurt. (laughs) And probably tastes like postage stamps. (laughs) Although postage stamps taste pretty good, so maybe... The, I love the way the grapes kind of come off the uh, actually come off the quilt as well as the cherries and the other fruits. Just it just it's so rich and the colors are so great and the texture is really nice. You think you could do something like this? Nope, no way. You know this is like uh, won awards is like the top 100 quilt ever made by a human being. <laughs> it's the top uh, 100 quilts of the 21st century, or 20th century. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you said Fernhurt from Kansas City, Kansas? Uh-huh. And uh, did you pick a favorite quilt? No. No? <laughs> you don't true. like any of them, or you like them all? I like them all. Are you guys are sisters? We're sisters. I have a quilt I started probably 35 years ago <laughs> that's still folded up in pieces in my... <laughs> well, I, I don't quilt myself how long does it take to finish a quilt on average just depends on how much time you have to commit to it i've never finished one so (laughs) i can't say anything to that those comments were provided by in order ann hayflick blair tar sarah miller mary madden morgan shortle dan carey and fern hurd be sure to check out the exhibit piecing it together selected quilts from the museum before it closes on february 18th 2007 Let me know what you think of the quilts, or let me know what you think of our podcast in general by emailing me at podcasts at kshs.org. That's podcasts with an S, at kshs.org. That concludes episode 21, Something in the Water. Come back in two weeks when Blair Tarr, curator at the Kansas Museum of History, tells me the story of mountain man Ray Murphy and the chainsaw chair. Urban legend or tacky sculptor? This podcast is a production of the Kansas State Historical Society. Mm